Hey everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Hero Academia podcast presented by Popdoff. As always, I'm one of you, at first, aka Big Business Hero, but you may know me better as Andrew Nimsgren, and alongside me are Dylan Beal and James Graham, aka Fanfic and Apothecary. It is a back-to-back episode day. We are trying to catch up for the week we missed a couple weeks ago, and again, I'm more excited for this episode to talk about. I don't know how if I think the episode is better, but this is going to be another episode I'm incredibly hyped to talk about. So much happened in it, and I don't even know if I'm going to ask how you guys are doing because we went over that last episode, and I really don't like. I really don't care about asking wow. times in a row, but but nonetheless, I will ask you how you guys are doing today. Are you guys having a good day? And Dylan looks like he's slowly like wasting away, but I mean, other than that, oh we're... yeah, I'm dying a little bit, but yeah, we're good. A hero pushes on. We, we can hear it. I think me and Dylan are both sick, so I'm sniffly. Dylan just literally sounds like he's dying. James is the only one here that's healthy, but that Red Bull will catch up to him one day, and it'll just hit him like I a can't rock. Wait, dude. I'll drop it 40. But again, as always, we don't have any big announcements. We're going to go back to the weekly schedule. We're not missing any episodes. We're going to be here each and every week to talk about the episodes as they come out. We will be watching the movie eventually. It's still kind of in Japan theaters. It's not hitting the U.S. theaters for a while. So the second we do get an opportunity to watch that, we will record an episode on that. So that is the one change that will come eventually, but we have no idea when that will be. Otherwise, we'll just be moving along with the weekly episode. So if anything comes up, we'll let you know. But otherwise, we'll go on with the normal shebang and get into this episode's recap. That's as in YouTube. Oh, yeah. And don't forget yeah. to tell your friends about us. There you and go. leave a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Yeah, so this is why Dylan's sick. And for uh, any suggestions you have for the web, uh, for the uh, the actual podcast itself, anything we can add in, um, if you think I should just scream at Dylan every time he messes up, uh, let us know. Let us know on Twitter at popped underscore off or email us at contact at poppedoff.com. Check out that website as well. But with that, let's cut straight to the chase and dive into this episode's recap, which was titled Unforeseen Hope. This is episode 12 of season four. It starts back up with how the previous episode ended, but from a different angle, with Deku and team bursting through the wall where Mirio and Overhaul are fighting as Overhaul is just about to kill Mirio. We then do have the opening um, song, and then we go back a little in the past, and we see the immediate aftermath of taking down Mimic. The police are still worried about the League of Villains and kind of picking up on that they wanted the heroes to take down Mimic and are uncertain what to do and want to move towards them. While Deku is obviously worried about Mirio and the, those heroes need to move on. So Rock Lock's kind of like, hey, what are you guys doing? Stop standing around. I will take care of Mimic. You guys go do what you need to do. And the police split up and go look for the League of Villains while the heroes do move forward to take on Mirio. We do get a little bit of a flashback here to kind of learning about why Rock Lock has kind of been such a dick. He had a kid about four months ago. So he justified like, hey, these are kids. Like I can be mean to him because I don't want them to get hurt. That makes total sense. But his baby is adorably cute and he has a wife and all that. So we'll give him a little bit of credit. And he does go on to say of how impressed he has been by these UA students that they've been acting more like heroes than some of the adults even have been. We then see Toga and Twice up in the Raptors talking about some kind of plan that are going to make both sides very beat up after they fight and that will make Shigaraki very happy. We don't know exactly what it is. We don't really get any contacts. It's all whispering. But they crawl away, and I'm sure we'll be seeing some of them eventually. 
We finally catch back up to the beginning of the episode where Zaiwa and Deku immediately go right after Overhaul while Night Eye goes to get Mirio and Eerie. As they are flying towards Overhaul, Chrono hits Aizawa with his hair, which activates his quirk, which automatically causes Aizawa to slow down and move, I think, I don't know what, I think at a sales pace pretty much is what he moved for about an hour's time. He meant to hit both of them, but um, Aizawa does knock Deku out of the way. Deku continues towards Overhaul. Overhaul knocks him back and then fuses with Noboto and basically evolves into Machamp with four <laughs> arms now. No explanation of where the extra arms come from, but he is now Machamp, so I'm half tempted to call him that for the rest of the episode. Um, with that, um, Chrono and Aizawa are in a room below where Aizawa is being captured due to Overhaul's interest in his quirk, and Aizawa can't really move very fast. He's moving at a sales pace, so he can't really do much to fight back, and he's like that for an hour. And we learn here that Eri is the old Shihasakai's boss's granddaughter. That's how the whole or a connection to everyone is brought together. Night Eye switches over to fighting Overhaul while Deku tries to help Eerie and Mirio escape. We see Night Eye and Mirio, um, Gran Torino talking in a flashback about Night why Night Eye doesn't want to use his quirk too far in the future, making reference to the whole All Might thing and the whole thing there. But he really feels that by looking into someone's future, he's made pretty much deciding someone's fate for them. And if he doesn't do that, their future could still change because his is never changed. Afraid to see too far in the future, Night Eye keeps using one second activations of his foresight quirk while fighting to try to see the outcome that they want. Um, Night Eye keeps doing this until he's eventually punctured by some of the spikes while fighting, pretty much looking like he's in very bad shape. One going immediately right below his heart and one going through his left arm and pretty much immobilizing him. Deku and Rage turns back to fight Overhaul, upping his power to one for all 20%. The energy is so strong in his body, is just shaking and creaking, as he says, and part of his costumes is literally just apparating because of how much energy is radiating off of him due to his quirk. Deku uses a new super kick called the Manchester Smash coming down, but Overhaul dodges it pretty easily and then uses his quirk to pierce two small spikes into Deku's side and leg. Mirio and Eerie are trying to escape walking down the hallway that Deku made for him, but Mirio collapses due to blood loss and just being out of energy and being so injured. Overhaul reaches out and starts speaking to Eerie, again convincing her that everything is her fault, that people are dying due to her, that if she comes back, he won't kill everyone. She starts walking back as Mirio's on the ground and can't really do much to Overhaul and promises she'll come back in exchange that he fixes everyone. He goes on a little bit of a rant here um, and then Night Eye has a little bit of a context about a future that he sees where Deku and Night Eye both die but Overhaul still escapes with Eerie because of how hard they tried to save Eerie and that she's unsavable now. Right as Deku is about to go back and fight Overhaul, Ryuku the villain that she was fighting and the rest of her agency for the first time in about eight episodes appear as they fall through the floor right on top of both of them. And that is exactly where the episode ends in the middle of another fight scene, which is going to continue on to next week. And we're finally going to see the characters you've been complaining about not seeing for so long. But I want to talk about the preview right now because the title for next week gets me very excited, but I will calm down. We'll go back and talk about this. And I think the kind of the immediate aftermath of taking down Mimics and all that kind of stuff, the whole um, Rock Lock thing, and we'll kind of start there with the whole Rock Lock prep talk and his flashback and 
his motivations and all that. Is there anything around that that you guys found really interesting or did you not really care about developing a Rocklock more of a character? Or I love Rocklock, dude. Rocklock needs more love. Um, they... <laughs> They decided to hone in on his the ethnicity of his kid more than I expected. Like they just like it was one thing to like make it like like present on the episode, but then for his wife to make the comment being like, "Guess one side of the genetics is more dominant" or some shit like that. I was like, "Do we do we need that?" I guess I guess, but I mean like, but no, it's nice to know like you know like I mean he is he's a new parent and he like I feel like this is the explanation for why he's been such a prick because like. He's literally a new dad. His wife's at home with just the kid. Like, I mean, I, I, like, think of any new parent, right? Like, like, I mean, they're usually stressed out beyond belief. Plus, Rocklock's profession is one that he can die in. So, I mean, like, I can I can appreciate him being a little a little testy. He's he he gets a pass from me. Yeah, and I have and, a lot more sympathy for him now. Yeah, absolutely, right. And like the other thing is too is like he kind of like snaps everybody back into reality, which like like again like because he's a like a, he seems to be a very dominant personality where he just kind of hones everybody back in. He's like, you guys need to go. People have been dropping left, right, and center. Like, you stop staying around. You know what I mean? Like, so no, I like I mean we like our our exposure to Rocklock is pretty short and sweet in this episode, but I think I think it's I think it's the perfect amount. Yeah, I mean, I guess I understand a little bit. Like, oh, it's you see it all the time that people get worked up over things because they have some kind of personal connection to it and him seeing. Although the idea of his child ever being hurt by doing something like this is a lot of pain that he'd bear, so he doesn't want to see other kids that could be a similar feeling that he wants. So you understand that kind of feeling there. But still, I like, he could have been a little lighter. I mean, like, yeah, sure, he brought everyone into contacts here, and it was really good. Um, but, like, he could have been a little more optimistic. Like, if he doesn't want people to die kind of bringing them down isn't going to help them not die in a fight. I mean, like, it. I guess his question was, should they really be here? But he continued to go after him a little bit. So I give him more sympathy. I still don't appreciate the way that's approached. I mean, you see people do the same similar things like that in real life. I never appreciate that in real life either. So I guess that's where it comes from. But, no, I do appreciate Rock Lock more. Like I said, his kid and his wife, adorable. Like, that. that's kind of a cute little thing. And I just hope he doesn't die fully now. <laughs> yeah. Now that I've seen kid and wife, like, you never know he may actually yeah. die now. My- there's no promise he's alive after you see a personal. My head like canon is he's a, a dominant. He's got a dominant personality, anyways, and it's just like it's he's just stressed out with a new kid and like the fact he's kind of like bleeding out. You know what I mean? So I'll give I'll give him a pass, right? I'll I'll, I'll let it slide. But yeah, no, I, I at first I thought it was a flashback, and I was like, this, this some, something's not adding up here. But yeah, <laughs> no, I know he looks so I know much like kid, him as a kid. Yeah, I'm kid like, looks wow. exactly <laughs> like him, right? So, <laughs> um. And then from there, we do see Toga and Twice in the Raptors, kind of like we were talking about last episode slash week, I guess we want to call it that. Um, we were talking about how we don't really know what they're doing. They're kind of playing this anti-hero slash villain kind of role, playing both sides. And this clearly kind of showed that there's going to be more, that their arc in this whole thing isn't done yet, and that they do have one more plan to try to do something. We have no idea what it is, but he Toga wants Overhaul to feel pain. And that's obviously what Shigaraki is well. And they, that whatever twice his plan was was something that's going to make Shigaraki happy. And they do continue on that. And they seem to have some kind of plan or idea of how to make sure both sides end up coming out of it on the wrong end of it all. So, again, we don't see them at all the rest of this episode after this maybe one minute and one minute and a half that we um, see them. But it does kind of set up that, like, hey, there's going to be another episode probably centered around what they're doing coming up here. And we have no idea what it's going to be. And that makes me excited. Again, the league. This is the most I have loved the League of Villains involvement in everything. 
because it's not the straightforward brute force, let's try to capture or kill someone or do something. Like, no, these two are actually thinking and not just being another wall in the front of Deku that we see so often that I kind of mentioned last week a bunch. They are going around playing both sides. They're just making the whole story more interesting because you don't know what they're going to do next and where they're going to come up. No points on that? I or? mean, like, I, I kind of, yeah, like, it's... It seems to be the big thing that Toga's interested in is exclusively Deku. Um, I'm kind of curious what, um, like, whatever Twice said to her. Like, because, like, like I think for the subtitles, all we get is literally whisper, whisper. <laughs> so, yeah. I'd like to know what their what their scheme is. But, yeah, no. It was, um, again, it adds that chaos element. I'm also I'm also very happy that the, the whole thing just seems to be... Um, twice trying to marry toga too like that like one of his personalities is trying to shack up with her um but yeah no it's uh like all of your personalities yeah i know man i know it's uh it's a problem honestly (laughs) it's a problem um oh yeah and with that we do kind of move into just the whole battle kind of sequence the Azawa, I mean, I'll, I've t- I've talked a lot this episode, so I'll kind of leave it up to you guys where you want to take this. There's so many different things that happen here, so whatever you guys want to talk about first, I'll kind of lead from there. But what what caught you guys? What was the biggest attention catcher for you this episode? Um, Machamp, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Se- second second form overhaul. Yeah, sec- second form overhaul, second evolution. Yeah, yeah, like that was different. That was weird. I wasn't I wasn't ready for that. Like I like when he absorbed him, I was like, okay, I don't know really where this is, where this is going. Well, no, and then, he didn't. He didn't absorb him. He he destroyed himself. And, and then re- him, the, and yeah, they put them all back them together. All together. Right. Pretty much absorbed. He absorbed his essence. Well, no, like, no, 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 no. Like, he destroys matter. And no, but he he, he did exclusively say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, so he destroyed it because <clears throat> there was a line of him going that hurt a lot, but it feels better now. Yeah. So, so like he he actually felt himself being ripped apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he did okay. say that. Like he 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 actually said like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like you know um, like 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 he he described the process of breaking the two of them down and recombining them. Right. He's just the dominant one, probably because he's the quirk. Yeah. You think he can unattach him again you think he could bring them both back I, to life i mean he can yeah he Normally. probably can he can deconstruct and reconstruct right so i'd assume that he'd be he'd be able to yeah like he'd say he fixed chrono so like we had the mention there when chrono's on the ground after mirio sent him that he grabbed him in midair touched his head because his head was broken is what he said and fixed him and caused him to yeah. wake up so he can literally bring people back from the immediate death. It yeah, sounds and like. not to jump like that's what it sounded yeah, like. Yeah, and not to, to jump too far ahead of the episode or anything like that. But it, like at the end, Eerie literally says, "Like I want you to put everybody back to like how they were." Right. So yeah. I mean, like I'm assuming he can probably do it with anybody who's fused with him, or else I'm pretty sure Overhaul would be this weird monstrosity that you know. Because I'm sure he's had to do this before, right? Or maybe yeah. you know. So um. Yeah, yeah. I like. uh I don't know. Like, I, it's 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 gonna be weird to see what kind of progresses from him after this this weird like Goro esque uh, character. So, but like, the my big thing, my big takeaway from that fight though is like, um, Overhaul basically calls Deku out on being super linear and like being just not creative. Where Night Eye and uh, Mirio 
are working a bunch of angles. They're like, you know, they're unpredictable and stuff like that. Right. Where Deku's just this like one straight force. Right. It sucks seeing Night Eye get fucking like, you know, stabbed. Like, I mean, I thought he was going to die. I mean, he's still not in the safe, but it's since he didn't die this episode, I think he's not going to die, die. But I'm like, that would be wild. Like if he talks of like, he saw the future in which they died and that's what he's always so afraid of. And him seeing his own future and then dying would be a wild. I mean, he still well, may. He did but. say it in the like he did say it in the episode where he's like the future that he was going towards was the one where Eerie isn't saved and Night Eye and Deku both die. That that was yes. And he says the future is always. Yeah, hurt. well, so you say he says regardless of what I do, I can't like it doesn't matter how far I go from it, it goes back. Like what do you say? It's like balancing accounts. Like that's kind of like, that was the, that was the yes. analogy he used. So, um, but of course, Deku immediately makes the crack about twisting the future and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, so I don't really know. I don't really know how this is going. This is like, yeah, there was a lot of action, but at the same time, I didn't feel like it really went anywhere. It's like we saw, we got the forum, we got the forum overhaul. We got a bunch of dialogue. We got Deku being ousted for being like, you know, kind of a shit tier fighter and just kind of, pa- which, which is a good it call. Is, absolutely. Like, especially compared to Mirio. Yeah, like. Mirio single-handedly took down these two, and now Deku comes in and can't land a punch. Yeah, sure, overhaul has evolved <laughs> now, evolved, yes. but I mean, still, it does still does say something about how what that gap was between them and why Mirio. Still yeah, exactly. It does. Opinion. It does. It gives the power scale for like where these different characters stand, right? So like, it's 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 crazy how astronomically ahead Mirio is of, ahead of Overhaul, um, and then it's 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 kind of funny how you kind of shift that, and then overhaul is vastly ahead of deku right so i mean it i don't know it's kind of humbling of the main character because i think like again and again and again the show was really giving us deku being like you know he's pretty goddamn powerful for like where he's at because he has this crazy quirk and stuff like that that all might made seem like really just untouchable right and then you get him against you know mirio who mirio doesn't ha- like his quirk has nothing to do with amplification of strength like, it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. He works angles, and he, you know, he manifests in and out of terrain and stuff like that. But the rest of it is just brute strength on his own part, right? And, like, how he how he hits people. So, like, even going up to 20% for Deku didn't, like, every time we've seen Deku take up a step, it's like, oh, this fight's mm. pretty much over. Exactly, right? Like, I, what was his highest? Was, was his highest 8 12%? I don't even remember... 10 it was somewhere around there like i don't remember what it was but he more or less doubled his power here and his body couldn't handle it and he still couldn't land anything on over well, again yeah which like, doesn't speak to deku's powers much but just his fighting style and how advanced he is in that yeah so game. i think i think a good example of like like why like how this kind of got a skew is because when he was fighting what is his name was it just muscles what was what was the dude's name the guy that we thought was like bakugo's dad you know, like, they both had a super linear fighting style, and when he went, like, over the top with his power, um, you know, he was able to beat him, but again, it was a very linear style, right? Like, Overhaul is not, he's not a big dude. I mean, he's big now, because he's got four arms, but I mean, like, over, but he's like, you know, he's a like kind of a slender guy, right? So, I mean, he doesn't fight, like, head up or anything like that, right? So, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of humbling to see Deku get just kind of exposed, right? Also, Manchester Smash is a good, a good name for a kick. Yeah, yeah, so we're fully committed to the whole soccer thing. Because I didn't get the full cowling thing, like I, I the full child cowling and like shoot style and all that kind of stuff. So you guys explained it in one episode. But yeah, the Manchester Smash was a very, 
Very evident. I picked up on that. Fucker <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the other ones you kind of got to dissect a little bit, but that one's just really shoving it down your throat, right? So, um, yeah. So I think, uh, I think like, a big thing with this too is just like, I don't know, like we kind of we kind of neglected the fact that Aizawa just kind of disappears, like. Yeah, yeah Chrono captured. just drags... Yeah, that's the one thing. What's going to yeah. happen to him? Chrono, okay, so another thing, and the, you kind of touched on this on the recap, is depending on what arm or, like, like what hand of his, like, of, of his hair he hits them with dictates how long they, they slow down for. So, when... Yeah, so it's the second minute an hour. Yeah, I'm it sure. is minute an hour. So the short arm is his hour, which he hit him with when he was, like, kind of on top of him, which means he's not moving anywhere for an hour, right? But with the with the long one, like, the extent... That's the minute one, I'm assuming... So, uh, that probably is like a very like a short team. Also, the dude is like, he's a handsome guy. He's Good a looking. handsome dude. Yeah. yeah, Chrono is not what I expected. I thought it was gonna be someone we knew. Like when he took off that mask and got a hood on for a second, it was just because he was attractive. But I thought it was gonna be like, is this someone we know? Like the revealer kind of dude, like panning yeah. up the face. I'm like, is this gonna be like one of the heroes in the room we just didn't recognize? Oh, exactly right. But yeah, no, I like I like his, but I like his trope though. It's because it's just with his hair and stuff like that, right? I'm uh, I'm a big fan. Like he's got dude's got a good getup too. Aesthetic aesthetically yeah, like, he's a he's a he's a like a well done villain. Yeah, and, and it goes back to the thing I talked about last episode of making people with quirks that could sound uninteresting interesting. Like oh like they could have either done like oh if this person touches you like you slow down like kind of go like the stain route like oh based on how much of him touches you like you slow down for that amount of time like no his hair shoots out of his yeah. head. And based on which strand of hair or how far away you are, you slow down at a different rate. Like, that's just, I think, quirks that could be so boring, they find a way just to make them interesting and unique. Like, I never, how do you think of that? Like, oh, let's have hair shoots out of this guy and based on the length is how long you slow. Like, it's weird, it's eh? It's not, and yeah. using, like, the hands of a clock and stuff like that. Like, it's, it's just really cool of how they do these more playing quirks that aren't as flashy but still make them really interesting. Like, wow, that's a really cool quirk that I would like want to use yeah like i mean it's just again it's just it show it speaks to the creativity of the show i know we sometimes kind of like rip on them like being like okay this is super like that's super like blatant and stuff like that and then they pull shit out with this with like character concepts and stuff like that and you're like i don't i would never think of that an evolution and an evolution yeah yeah i I can't give up on that one i'm sorry i have one good joke and i'm gonna hold on to it that's fine buddy um but do we so first off do we think Overhaul is going to escape next episode? Yes, probably. Do you think Aerie is going to escape with him? Probably. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm, I I I I predict he's gonna be badly wounded and he's gonna limp away with Aerie in tow. I think it's gonna happen. Yeah. I think that's. I, I think that's gonna happen as well. That's. So you think Izawa is going to be captured for a chunk? Of I can season. see that. I can honestly see Izawa being captured. Izawa gets the short end of a stick a lot of times, and I feel like he's getting it again, dude. And do we worry at all? This is starting to go the route of the Bakugo one, where there's a big fight scene, someone's captured, they put a big raid together, and it's kind of repeating that arc is what I'm starting to see. Like, oh, they're all going to escape, but just barely with their life, not getting what they wanted and someone being captured. Now we're all going to have to work together to go save this person. Or do you think, do you trust the show enough that it's not going to feel that I, I trust it enough that they're going to they're gonna put a spin on it. All, all signs are pointing towards that, but yeah, I think they're going to put a spin on it. Um, yeah. I don't really know. I don't know how they're going to do it, 
I'm not too sure. Uh, also, we gotta we gotta factor in Mirio. Mirio's bleeding out in the hallway right now. <laughs> like he's having a, he's, dude's having a rough go, man. Um, so we don't really know what's going on with him because Eerie comes back because he absorbed confession, right? So he's got confessions quirk. So he, that's really cool that he can basically be. Yeah, all he's basically for all for one. Yeah, his quirk. Theoretically, I don't know like, if he just gains, does he gain more arms every single time he's over his person? I don't more know arms. that. I mean, that would be kind of creepy if it did. But, like, theoretically, like, if someone allowed him to, to be destroyed and reabsorb, he could just have people with him at all times. Like, hey, I'm taking your cork now. And just absorb him in. And if he can just unabsorb or, like, kind of undo whatever that transformation is and just have him be back to normal. That's even more over, like, his quirk is more overpowered the more we learn about it, that he can absorb quirks. He can absorb Deku and just have all for one, one for all. Yeah, exactly, right? So, I'm like, it's really, you, you don't really know the depth of the character yet. You don't really know how how intense that quirk can be, right? We're only kind of just, like, scraping the surface, right? So, it's, um, it'll be interesting to see if that plays a factor in further. Like, I'm not too, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like we're not touching on the fact Night Eye is, like, almost dying. Like, I feel like we we do need to come back. Like, dude was impaled in, like, three separate spots. Like. Yeah, but so was yeah, Mirio. Yeah, Mirio's a beast, dude. I guess, like, I, I guess so is Night Eye. Night Eye's yeah. ripped. We've gone <laughs> we through did. this. Me and Dylan went through it at great excess as well. He is jacked. Yeah, boy is jacked, yeah. Shredded. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, 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 I get what you mean, but I think... Both sides are going to get out of this with only Aizawa being captured. No one else. Everyone else is being severely injured. Mirror quirkless. Um, and I think that's where it ends. I do see Night Eye being severely hurt, though, going forward. I mean, he his foresight quirk is important, but what makes him strong is that he uses that for fist-to-fist combat. And he'll definitely kind of be taking a backseat the rest. Yeah. Of the season, and I think that's why they're dropping in Ryuku Uraka. Yeah, everybody just fell through right the now. ceiling, yeah. Because like, well, Deku's entire team's yeah. gone now. <laughs> like he lost Aizawa, he's lost Mirio, he lost Night Eye, and Sun Eater's probably hurt. Kirishima's severely hurt. Fatcom's the only one that could probably fight, but he needed to gain fat yeah. back. Like, there's no one left on the hero side to fight except for Deku right now, and Deku's even hurt, and his body's probably going to explode next episode after the repercussions of going to 20% and maybe more as we saw in the previous yeah, next I- week. infinite 100%. Like, what the, like what the hell is that? Like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, it is just yeah, I think it's going to be something big is going to happen next week or next week's pretty much going to be a reset because yeah. there's so much damage done on both sides that either something needs to happen, someone dies, someone they do get eerie and but overhaul gets away or something yeah. like that. Or everyone just like, "Okay, both sides are gonna die soon. We need to go back Re- and re-muscle, kind of yeah. recover. A little my bit. so like my my hot take with I don't even it's probably not even that hot take. It's very tropish. It's very everything like that. Um, with the amount of damage that Night Eye sustained, I think he's gonna have one of those like slow, very anime deaths where they get him into like a hospital bed. And he like slowly passes away. I think that's gonna be like if I think if anybody just from the amount of damage he sustained, like and like he just keeps talking about dying so much and like how the kind of like how it kind of goes i think that's the character i think is gonna die like if anybody and i think that's like i mean i i feel like a, a lot of names are like in that like somebody's gotta go hat but i feel like just with the way night eyes sustain damage and the he seems pretty he seems pretty like 
hellbent on dying or expecting to die or some shit. So that's kind of where I'm seeing his character go. And I saw was still being captured. Okay, so here here's a theory. Hit me with it. What if, what if like we start seeing like you know, people starting to die. Mirio got his quirk taken away. Whatever. Um, overall escapes. Then we find out this was just Night Eye looking into the future. It's all one. Oh, dude. No, stop it. Oh. God. I wouldn't I'm like just going to leave that on the table. It, so that it would be wild. This whole season was just the future. Like, that would be wild. Yeah. But no, they won't do that. They don't have they. Well, he said he sees, like, how did he say he sees the future? It's like, a, he sees it, like, in, like, like the film strips kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, but yeah. he described it a certain way. I don't know how the fuck he said it. But. What is television but a bunch of film strips? Stop. I don't know, dude. Go watch Fight Club again. Um, But another thing we need to think about is Tokoyami and Hawks have been teased at some point in the season as well, too. Tokoyami went to visit an agency in like the second episode and we hadn't seen him as well. So he could come in at any point as well, too. So there's just, I think there's going to be a reset and we're going to have a couple of new people come in for the second half of the season with so many people being hurt. I think Uraraka and Froppy are going to have some time to shine now in the second half of the season. I think Kirishima's time to shine is kind of done. Fat Gum's probably done, too. Like all these people we've had a lot of attention on in the first half. I think are going to take a second half are going to kind of take a step back to a different cast. Cause this is episode 12. This is halfway, yeah. almost halfway through the season. Next episode will be halfway through the season. So it makes sense that we start seeing shifts in the major characters for the second half. And I can see at night, I being in the hospital bed and out for a while. Like there's so many other things that have been set up that haven't followed through on that. I think we're going to start seeing now. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, yeah, I think like Kirishima, Hiroshima for sure is gonna be bedridden for a minute. Like I think, uh, like Fat Gum's still up and walking around. I, I I hope they get Rappa in there somehow. I don't know, dude. I just got a soft spot for that character. He just well, Rappa was taken out by Night Eye. Like Rappa's captured. No, he's not. Rappa's chilling with Fat Gum and Kirishima. You saw? Wait, so was that a twice? Was a that twice, a twice clone? clone? Yeah. Okay. I was a little confused by that. But I thought that was something that didn't make sense too. But um, and one last question before we kind of move into the class notes for today is. Do we think our all four bullets will be used this season? There's four quirk destroying bullets. I feel left. like. Do we think they will be used? It's too low of a number for them not to be. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they might be used, but they might not make contact. Like they might be shot, but not hit anyone true, in particular. True, true. Do you think one of them will be used in overhaul? Ooh, uh, that's, I can see it. That's good. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's, that's good. yeah. But like, which character do you, can you see doing that though? You know what I mean? No, no, none of the none of the hero. One of the police officers. What the the, the, the head detective? You think the guy that we don't really know the name of? That's true. That'd yeah. be such an anticlimactic way if that happened yeah. there. So like, oh, but no, maybe I mean, maybe just someone maybe like, maybe eerie stab maybe eerie it. stabs him with it. Like that's the only thing I can maybe think of is like maybe her because. It, I just think the fact that they made five bullets is a big deal. I think someone else will be shot. Maybe if they're not a major character, but they said it took us a month to build these five bullets, like saying the quantity and show every time you open up the case, you see the yeah, quantity very, very clearly. I think they make too big of a deal of it. And I think that'd be such a sweet way to end it all. If overhaul gets a taste of his own medicine, they literally talks about cleansing. People. That would be good. Mm. Oh, getting that. Yeah. I'd love that. Yeah. All right, anything else from this episode we want to talk about before we move into the Plus Ultra Reward and the preview for next week? Uh, 
No, I think I'm good. I think I'm, I think I'm all right. I think, yeah. Dylan, I'm taking it you're good too. So with that, let us move into the class notes section, beginning with plus ultra. Plus ultra! For those of you that do not know, the plus ultra award is an award we give away each and every week where we decide one character that went above, that went beyond, that went Plus, Ultra and Azores is a word more than anyone else in the show, whether it's a hero, a villain, or anyone in between. And this week, Dylan, you are going to be leading off the cast with giving away your nomination for Plus Ultra. I'm going to give it to Overhaul again. I think the fact that he showed this new ability was wild. I think I think the limit to his power is like gone up like indefinitely now. Um, and so I definitely think he went above and beyond for that. I, I'm gonna give it to Chrono. I'm gonna give it to Chrono. Chrono did his job. Chrono, Chrono did his job, and he did his job well. And I don't think capturing Azawa is like an easy feat. I don't think that, and I think for like a number two kind of advisor kind of thing, like I think that's I think that's a big deal for him. Um, I mean, Overhaul's just doing Overhaul, and he's beating up on a on a you know little little underwhelming Deku after you know hitting Machamp level. Um, so I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it to Chrono. Plus the dude, the dude's quite handsome and we didn't know that. So he's going plus ultra. He's going plus ultra for being handsome. Yeah. I, I struggle to, I, I think both are good. Like, yeah, but Chrono was kind of a stop gate that made it so that Deku could actually fight like with some stakes. Cause if Aizawa was there, well, Deku just, and he just wins and kills yeah. overhaul. So I think that's just kind of like a, I don't know. That's just kind of like, oh, like let's make this kind of more interesting. So I, I, I like that, but I didn't. And I think I'm gonna have to give it overhaul because you don't evolve every day. You only evolve at level 34, <laughs> so it's a very big deal when you do hit that. So I have to give it to him. And I, I, I do agree with Dylan. Like we saw more every episode. We are learning more about his quirk and what it can really do. And it is kind of astonishing of how such a quirk that sounds so simple, like oh, he can put things back together, he can destroy and put things back together. Of how really far he's pushed that. And brought that and how really powerful he is is and that even deck who went 20 percent, we've seen him crush people at 12 percent, going up to 20 percent and not being able to do anything and ultimately forcing him to go beyond even further is just something that i did not think we'd see at this point in the season i thought overhaul would either not be this confrontation-ish confrontational or wouldn't be this powerful so i have to give it to overhaul even though it is not an award i love giving away there but with that, we do have the last thing of the episode, which is going to be our preview for next week. Like James mentioned, the titles for next week's episode is going to be Infinite 1000%. 100%, thank you very much. Um, Deku continues his fight with Overhaul to save Eerie after the appearance of Frappy, Uraraka, Ryuku, and the rest of the gang alongside the villain. It looks like it's going to be more of a kind of chasing episode. But Deku does talk about, I need to push farther. I need to go beyond. I need to go plus ultra. I think he almost says those, maybe not those exact words, but that's kind of the phrase that he's going with the title, Infinite Go 100%. So we are going to see him continuing to push his body's boundaries next week beyond just the 20 cent mark and see what happens there. But it is going to be an incredibly hype episode. We have no idea what's going to happen because we are now recording back-to-back episodes like we did with the preview episode. So we can actually talk about the preview. I mean, so we think Overhaul is going to get it away. We think Eerie is going to get away. We assume Ryuku and all of them are going to have a little bit of the fight scene fighting with the big guy here. What I really want to talk about is 
do we think Deku is going to release 100% or do you think this is kind of a teaser episode or do we think Deku is going to release 100% of All for One in a successful way like we used to see him do it unsuccessfully in the early no, season? No. He's going he's gonna to release Infinite 100% is what he's going to release. So, but uh, no, like he talked about like channeling, like he's going to get the, the bouncing around the voices thing. We're going to, we haven't seen that in like ages, right? Like, I mean, I think the last time he saw it was when All Might fought All for One. I think that was like the last time we saw it, which is like a long yeah. time ago, right? Um, so I think that's what we're. I think that's what is to expect. Do we think it's going to be successful? Probably not, because we can't really kill off overhaul thirteen step episodes into the season. You know what I mean? Like it's just not going to work. Um, and I don't think in like in, 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 I think it would be very, it would be very lazy if they basically do what they did with all for one, where you fight him mid season. He's now captured and incapacitated. And then there's on to another thing, you know what I mean? We're back to the League of Villains or some shit like that, right? I don't. I think he's get. I think he's getting away. I think he's going to be unsuccessful. Um, but it's still going to make for a good fight, probably. And do we think this is? Do we think successful to the point that Deku isn't going to be like paralyzed after this? Like, do you think this is going to be the first fight where he's able to kind of bounce around like he does without like his body? breaking or do we think after next episode we might see like an episode of two of Deku kind of back in the hospital like be his second home um kind of recovering from all this or do we think this is where we get that first glimpse of like he can be the next all might he can actually contain the I, I, I don't know what he's gonna do quite with with that power or whatever I don't think it's gonna be like all might levels for sure I think whatever name he just gave is just gonna be like a I don't know it, it's gonna make a lot more sense I think when it comes out um, but I don't think he's gonna end up in the hospital because, like, we, we we've seen already that he's like at his limit with that. Like, he can't keep injuring himself like that. Yeah, he, James. I mean, yeah. That? Like, I mean, he's already talked about his body like creaking and not wanting to move. Like, it was already the dialogue this episode. So for him to just put more strain on his body, like, I think it's just gonna be. I don't know. I I think it's I think it's unrealistic to assume that he's gonna come away from this, not like borderline incapacitated again. Yeah, I think it's that, or I think it's a little bit of a misdirection on the title. Oh, maybe. Is one of the two things. Or he tries to, and it didn't, and someone stops him or something kind of like that. But like, it'll be curious to see what happens. But I think next week may not be a – I think it's going to be like these last two fight episodes. The Mirror fight episode, awesome. This episode, a lot happened, but it wasn't necessarily fighting. I think next week will be very similar. That'll be just kind of so much happening and backlog and conversation kind of happening and characters developing and feelings and all that. And it'll be, it'll be a very interesting episode. I think – I think – just to kind of as a closing note, I think we're running out of tropes for kind of Deku to do with somebody stepping in and not letting him not letting him use his full power. Aizawa has already beat that to death. Um, eventually, he's just gonna need a win. You know what I mean? Like, and we like he doesn't really get that many. Like, I mean, like he's very he's very like much the target of like, yeah, you kind of won, but not really. You know what I mean? So I think eventually we're gonna get to that point where he's just gonna take somebody out. He's actually going to just be the the powerhouse that we like. You know, he's he's expected to grow into, right? So, um, it just depends on how long they let that go for. Because I feel like once that happens, that's kind of the end of the show. <laughs> so, uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, but with that, we're gonna wrap up this week's episode of Class One A, and we will be back on January eleventh, two thousand twenty twenty one day after my birthday, and we will be talking about the episode. 
one infinite, one hundred percent, and seeing whatever happens there that we really have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, and let your friends know that listen that you and your friends listen to the Class One A podcast. Um, here's with that five star review and spread the word. Let anybody who hasn't listened to the show, um, who watches My Hero Academia, let them know, and we can all kind of chat and discuss it. And yeah, make bold assumptions of what's going to happen next week. And make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for updates on this podcast and other stuff we do. And that will be all for this week's episode. Remember to level up your Pokemon and evolve them as early as you can so that you can get powerful like Overhaul. And we will see you guys next week. Tai